What takes place in hard times and still shimmers with glamour, with characters, both in front and in back of the camera? Complete rehearsal. What gets pounded, painted, welded, and scored? Hey, stand by. And has stained glass ceilings and marbled floors. What's crowded with extras? Actors and arcs. A little closer. What smiles <laughs> and frowns and bellows and barks? What has chases in strange places and magical things? Come on A bald billionaire and an orphan that sings. The sun will come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang on till tomorrow. What works all day long and on into the night. The party goes on forever. Let's do it once more. What takes lots of takes to get it just right? What's years in the making? It starts with an A. Of course, it's Annie. It's only a dream away. Ah, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh, man. Do I, I have, have a history with this movie. I have a history with this movie. I have a lot to say about how... I revisited this movie, but Absolutely. well, I'm excited to get into it. As am I, listeners. My name's Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that made us gay. gay. Yes, they are. Welcome back to the show. Yes, my friend Brad. Welcome to the show. Third time on, Brad. Welcome back. Thank you, guys. Our Happy little, to be here. our little scrappy orphan. <laughs> exactly. Is Brad the scrappy orphan? <laughs> Third time's the charm. I don't mm-hmm. get it. Last yes. here for View from the Top, which oh boy. I think is possibly the worst movie that we've ever <laughs> discussed on the show. Oh. <laughs> Always coming at us with the bangers. Um, but we had you here today to talk about Annie, directed by John Huston, released May 21st. 1982. So this is a movie that I had always had in mind that, well, clearly we have to talk about the 80s Annie. Because I think that this movie, with kids of a certain age, you just grew up watching this movie. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brad and I are... uh close in age but i think i'm i think i'm older uh because i do have a memory of seeing this in the theater oh wow (laughs) yes you would be a little older i was i am um a product of 1982 as well a few months before this movie so i would have probably first seen it on tv or a video yeah yeah. or two later okay then i'm yeah a, a a good five years on you um yeah i did i do have memories of seeing this in the theater uh the, I have, but I was I was really young. I was like five, you know. Yeah. When it, Do you remember when, at all what theater you saw it? At? Oh, theater? No, no. I mean, you would you would I could, I don't, Yeah, no. Just looking mm-hmm. out the window, who, who knows? But I remember specific things from it. I remember being kind of creeped out, but I was just very much like whenever Annie and the girls were not on screen, I was just like, where are the kids? I don't care. Yeah, you know. Miss Hannigan, Rooster, you know, all that. I was just like, what's going on? 
um, loving uh, my sister and I uh, obsessed with Punjab and the Asp. Obsessed with Punjab and the Asp. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that actor uh, who is Punjab, he, because of, I don't know if it was because of Annie or because of other things, he was kind of became a cultural figure at the time. So he was kind of all around pop culture. Um, and, and it was just a thing that I was so young. This was a kid's movie. They were just like, let's take the kids to it. But it's a different kind. I mean, yes, it's a musical. Yes, there are kids in it. But there's a lot of stuff that I was just like looking around, just like, all right, what sure. is going on here? Um, and I think it, that this movie kind of struggles with with its adaptation a little right, bit. Right, right, right. When putting but it, it on screen. But it was a huge pop cultural phenomenon at the time. So I think that's why my family was just like, yes, let's take the kids to go see. And we had not seen you know, it in, in – in the actual theater on stage or anything like that. But it was such a big pop cultural hit that that's why I have, you know, that's why they took us. Especially with like grandparents at the time that would have grown up with the radio program. Yes. And that radio program. And that's something that I didn't know about until later on watching a Christmas story and being like, what the hell? Annie was on the The radio comic strip from the twenties. Yeah. Harold gray. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Brad, you said you, you, you know, you remember seeing it as a, as a, as a child and, being captivated by it? <laughs> yeah, I would say definitely captivated by it. I would say for me, it was kind of like um, introduction to Broadway. You know, sure. it's, it's like Broadway for kids, not to, to belittle the arrangement or the music or anything like that. But kind of in the same vein as Sound of Music or, or you know, Peter Pan, one right. of those that perhaps, you know, your parents aren't taking you to Phantom of the Opera or Les Miserables at that time. But, you know, these were certain things that were... Um, yeah, musicals for children, I guess. So it would have been my first <laughs> intro, exactly, on video yeah. to just kids singing. And, and what are my memory, it's interesting you say, um, you know, I, uh, my memory would have been Miss Hannigan and that okay. kind of yeah. like the body woman that mm-hmm. it really Same. like introduced me to. And I would say also the other indelible thing would be the concept before I knew it of like, child stardom and like how you know at that point how fun it must be to be doing these big musicals and singing and dancing mm-hmm. uh, and so i would say those were my two hooks into it <laughs> scott what about you i mean i this is one of those movies that i don't even have a memory of watching just because it's always been in your life i never actually remember first watching annie i mean i would have had to have watched this probably on the disney channel when i was a kid just for sure. some of their night programming that I would have had to watch Annie there, but I definitely remember a vinyl of the soundtrack at my grandma's house that my sister and I loved to look at. And it was one of those old vinyls that folds out and there was color photos of the movie. I always love that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big record. Yeah. Yep. In the, yeah, the record cover. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, something very movie about it. So. Yes. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Know? So yeah, you you want to talk about Broadway for kids though? Well, I I don't know if I've told this story before, but when my uh, I have an older sister, and um, you know my parents, I have young parents, you know, so um, th- uh, when my sister got into college, um, she took a theater class and uh, got some assignments to go see some shows around town, and we discovered that she got a student discount for these tickets and being in LA mm-hmm. and being that it was the early nineties. Oh mama, you know, we saw the Phantom of the Opera. Like, How many times? 
five, my younger brother who's younger than me. And you want to talk about kids theater? He was obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera. He Richard's had, around my age. He's, mm-hmm. he's 1986. He's born in 86. Yep. He had a Phantom of the Opera Halloween costume one year. He went as the Phantom with the mask and everything. And he is not gay, by the way. He is straight, married to a woman and all of that. But uh, – my mom was just like, oh, okay, we're in L.A. We can go see these shows. So with my sister's student ID in 1991, we, you know, we saw The Phantom. A show. We took out the whole family, my cousins. Everybody got to go with these discount, you know, uh, Dorothy Chan. We went to the, the Dorothy Chandler. We were like patrons of the arts. Boy, I, <laughs> we went so many damn times. I forgot what else we saw. We saw an opera of of um, what's the uh, the Roald Dahl, the Mr. Fox, the stop motion. Fantastic. Fantastic Mr. Fox. We saw an opera of the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. We, That's such an L.A. thing. I oh, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like, yeah, we did this whole thing. But th- by this time, I'm in junior high. So I'm like post Annie and all of that. But but I do – you know, I've, I've always had an affinity for musicals. And um, I, I as a kid, I remember seeing this. And like I said, I, I, I was very much like, give me the girls. Give me the these like flipping and a flopping. These, these girls are bucking and yep. like – Throwing off that pirate skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that shit I was obsessed with. Then Annie became kind of this like cult legendary movie because again, growing up in LA, we I don't know if it was just me and my like faggoty like being into movies and TV sensibilities, but I always had this like who's who of like um actors and things like that. And then you started to rewatch Annie, and then we're and then I'm and my sister and I are going Bitch, that is Martika. Yep. Yep. And then we started noticing all the little girls that were. So who's in that? Who's in that first? The orphanage. Who's in that first big number? Yeah. You got Martika, Toy Soldiers, Kids Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Um, You got uh, Amanda Peterson from uh, Better Off uh, for from Can't Buy Me Love. I think her name's Amanda Peterson. Yeah. Um, From Can't Buy Me Love. Wow. I mean, the legend is that Alyssa Milano is somewhere in there, but I think that got a little conflated with her auditions for the Broadway version. It could be true, though, because it was filmed at Monmouth College. So yeah, right. was around Jersey. There's a lot of kids running around that in that scene. There's a lot of uncredited mm-hmm. girls running around back there, so she could be in there. I um, always thought Stacey Ferguson was somewhere, but I think that she would have been a little too young. That's what you said. She would have been young, but yeah. she did yeah. think- up on toy soldiers. Oh, get I had to, okay, I had to explain the, the kids Inc. connection. I had to explain <laughs> oh. to a straight coworker when we were talking about Fergie because spoiler alert, Fergie's on the Masked Singer, and um, <laughs> we don't know that yet, but it's Fergie. Fergie is. I thought she was the host. No, am I confused? Nicole Scherzinger. Oh <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I'm so like, we were. I knew that. I'm so cool. Oh my God. So we were okay, talking about Fergie, and then I'm talking to my coworker who was really into music and i was like well you did know that she was like a child star in the 80s and she was on a little show called kids inc and then i had to bring up clips off my phone i think i showed him material girl when she's dressed up as material so, so your straight Marine, coworker was Marine not Quinette. familiar with was kids not, he was not familiar with kids inc and the- i mean he's like 30 years old so why would he be? okay yeah 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 
She does a devastating um, version of Time After Time after a fight with <laughs> yeah. Renee. Who is with also, Renee. I'm like, I loved – like I got the Disney Channel when my parents caught me like watching HBO at like four years old. <laughs> sure. And were like, nope. So that – I was kind of bribed with that and yeah. I literally like lived for Kids Incorporated. I got the tail end. Stacey and Renee, man. They, I got the they tail end of combo. Kids mm-hmm. Wild Orchid. I was going to say pre- early – yeah, pre-Wild Orchid, the two of them together. Yep. Yeah. And love. We can't forget love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love just like hamming it up. Um, We also got a girl. uh, Her name is April Lerman. She was on the first season of Charles in Charge before they switched families. Now, see, that's some like early deep cut inside baseball shit because I used to watch Charles in Charge. And, you know, we all remember Nicole Eggert. And Absolutely, the blonde kid family, right? But the very first season, it was a different family. In it was the, a complete, wow. yeah, in the same house and all that, and and the girl who was on uh, the the first season, who was the older sister, she's the girl with the um, she has two like long braids, and she's a little older. Uh, she sings really she well. She sings really she's got well. A great voice. Yeah, she's, I know exactly. That she's kind of yeah. like I have like I call them like Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, uh, McNichol. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not them. Yeah, not, that's yeah, what yeah. I like. The, yeah, <laughs> which one's Christy McNichol? And then that one's Gabby Hoffman in my head. Is, is Christy McNichol the one with the short hair that's real mean? <laughs> that's real mean. Yeah, that like yeah. one, that doesn't care that Annie's about to die. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's the lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> and then Selena Gomez is ah! the singer. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Molly? I don't know if she's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Molly. Yeah. Ma- Selena Gomez is Molly. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Oh, my God. I remember hearing Leah Remini talk about on RuPaul's podcast that she went and auditioned for this. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I would imagine that if you were a child actress at the time in New York and L.A., of course, you went yeah. in to meet with somebody about Annie, and she's about mm-hmm. Alyssa's age, so that yep. would have so that would have made sense. You um, know who might even be in it too, Miss um, Sarah Michelle. Um, but she would oh, be sure. maybe a little too young, but she would have been around that same. Should have been about Molly's well. age, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sarah Michelle would have been the same with Brittany Murphy, I think, too, because they were all yep. on that New York, New Jersey yeah. child star mm-hmm. like or child audition commercial scene, right, you know? right, right. Um, I often thought I think for me Miss Hannigan was fun and and I liked her songs and stuff but I for me she gave me a little too much um like Madame Medusa from like the rescue. Oh, but I was obsessed with Madame Medusa <laughs> as a child. And I, of course. <laughs> but I was so mad at Madame Medusa still at that. I think I'm I'm just thinking back to my 5-year-old self <laughs> and what was off-putting about it. And I am telling you there uh, like I am a Tim Curry stan. Like, love him. This has to be like we no have to other. Be getting up there with Tim Curry movies on the show. Yeah, I think this is like number three or four. But there was something about that pencil thin John Waters yeah. mustache and the like the crowing. It, it's such a good creep. It's and that's the as a five year old, I was just like, I don't know what all this is. I'm not here for it. I don't want it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's too funny. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I would say Bernadette Peters would have been my probably first introduction oh, yeah, to like yeah. a gangster mole. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that kind of version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> of it with that. Yeah, it's funny those kind of. And I would say same thing. Like Anne Riken would have been my first. Like, uh, yeah, you know, hope that like. Mm-hmm. Somewhere I'm a prince, you know, the kind of princess diaries of it all where there's someone's going to come and rescue me. Not that I didn't love my family, but I wanted to be. Right. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, what's so great about this movie, too, is that Anne Rankings 
little storyline. She's like she. She's it's, doing some pretty solid work. She's in this doing movie. great work. Mm-hmm. You just you fall in love with her. You're just like, yes, you adopt me, secretary lady. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, Can you just adopt forget- me and we'll just live here? But she has her own side storyline in that, like, she's having a little love story with Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, like she's mm-hmm. the secretary, Mister Burns character. But like at the end, she's fully like. All right, let's get married and like we're having a family now. Yeah. Well, she's so pretty when she's yeah, arguing oh, with him. My God, <laughs> she's so cute when she's arguing with him. Yeah. Certain things have not aged. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's kind yeah. of the big discussion that it, I think for all of us, even though we watched this movie about a year ago, and I remember when because we, when we when we hit play on the mm-hmm. rental right now, it said, "Oh, you want to start from where you left off last time?" It remembered that we rented yeah. it already. We didn't quite finish the movie, <laughs> yeah. but. I remember when we last revisited this movie that it had been a while. And yeah. I think that I'm going to file this movie under this movie is better in your mind uh. remembering it as a kid as it is now revisiting it. Because now when I sit through it, I get a little impatient with it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's it's that thing that it's got it's got great songs, great musical numbers, great performances. But the movie itself is... I think is, there's something yeah. with the story that it doesn't quite... There's a middle section that not a lot happens. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a muscular kind of retelling without a heart. You know, I mean, not without a heart. There are definitely... Everyone's giving their all. I agree. I agree. It's... it's you just kind of appreciate it physically. Yeah. Some, in, in more ways than being taken away from it. Um and certainly for me, having watched it, this was my first time in about 15 years. Um, and I don't even know that I recognized it as much then. The kind of be our guest of it all. The yeah. of it all. The <laughs> like that the aspiration that to work for the rich is the greatest <laughs> kind of, you know, like the, your proximity to the rich is, 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 is this glow that, uh, that kind of elevates you sure. as well. And I'm not saying we've changed in that right, way, right. but I hope that that's perhaps a new, uh, something that we're examining and, you know, not to say that there aren't people out there whose dream is to, to, be to make someone feel like their guests, but I certainly think that coordinates with having an equitable share and ownership right. of said establishment that guests are at. Yeah, <laughs> you know? or we're gonna pick up this child from an orphanage, bring her to our mansion in New Jersey for a week, for a week? and then drop her back. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, let's be honest. In the '30s, '40s, how much of that do you think happened? How many stu- How yeah. many times do you think kids were brought by a publicist from? I was going to say it's good. P- yeah. It's good PR. Yeah, yeah, it's the depression. You know? mm-hmm. Oh my god! The, exactly. Yeah. What is that? That meme that goes around of Shirley Temple saying, like, during those little kids' follies, they would lock the kids in the closet, in the if black they box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. You know. So, uh, I mean, speaking of the. The movie itself as like a, you know, a watchable kind of piece of, you know, entertainment. Um, I think we're going to focus on the movie because Scott and I have never seen a live production of this. I mean, you have yourself. I have. have. Uh, I mean, my mom used to get us tickets to the Alberta Bear Theater in Billings, Montana. It was just anything that was traveling through the state, any traveling production. So we would usually get. A lot of the big musicals that were just traveling through the right. country. I saw Annie when I was in junior high. I saw The Music Man. Oh, okay. Um, what? 
Yeah, just kind so, of a, just random Broadway let me bring this, traveling shows here and there. Let me bring mm-hmm. this up. I feel like enough time has passed that the movie has become such uh, an entity into itself. And hasn't the stage production kind of like with Grease kind of been more Eclipsed, conflated with you know what i mean like like you go see greece now and they're throwing in shit from the movie that wasn't in the in the original state and i think isn't it kind of the same with annie or moving songs around because people are just so married to what they sure. see on their tvs so now if they we cut, go see annie, they cut the big songs from the 1977 broadway right. show just that people aren't that yeah. familiar with because yeah. yeah the thing is there's yeah so i don't know many. much about the i've never seen the play either yeah. or the the musical so sorry to okay I thought it was Good. interesting yeah. that the songs. That I just like, know that Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yeah, she was the second. Literally, Annie. the knowledge mm-hmm. I have of Annie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the musical. Well, the thing is, like, the before the the movie, the musical was such a huge hit. You know, we we go and we get that we uh, get the trailers for for this show and all that we're watching a lot of the commercials and things and all of the copy is like the show you love the show that took over america and it's like and like meanwhile it was just 1977 yeah like, it wasn't yeah. that long they made this very fairly quickly mm-hmm. exactly right. i remember th- I, thinking the same thing of like you know it took them five years to get this onto yeah. the screen i'm sure it has a little bit to do with the john houston clint eastwood of it all once sure, they sure. a certain age it's kind of like you just crash through every kind of thing and it's just like i'm gonna make this there's no indecision either way mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but i remember the original annie before sarah jessica parker andrew mccardle kind of became a little bit of an america's sweetheart at the time like i remember seeing her like on sesame street did as she a teenager. ever translate to movies no not really uh-huh. um i remember seeing her on sesame street as a teenager not uh, me as her as a teenager and i'm a little kid and i'm just like who is this girl like i don't care about and my mom was like, that's Annie. And I'm like, shut up. That's not Annie. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, it's just a real Annie. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like four, you know? Um, and so, yeah, the, the show itself was so huge. Then it, then it becomes this movie. And, but the movie, uh, and I think, I don't know if this could happen today. If they, if they translate a movie from the stage to a film and it's so different. Like they added so many songs, they took out I so many songs. The songs that they added were really interesting because they're huge songs in the movie that you yeah. remember it. Dumb Dog, Sandy, Let's Go to the Movies, and We Got Annie were all added to the yeah. to this yep. movie. Mm-hmm. Which I would imagine that that's probably just now in the stage show. Yeah, Sandy has yeah. to be in the stage show. Yeah, Sandy. I mean, was great. I mean, the, the, it's interesting to think of the Let's Go to the Movies of it all. Of like, yeah. But this is when the start of cable TV. So it's like, was this a little bit of like, a, you know, there's a oh, sure, that, yeah. you know, like not that Hollywood doesn't always love to kind of immortalize itself, but like there's a real sense of the glamorous, glamour age, glamorous golden age of Hollywood. Are you talking about movie. the full 15 minute clip oh of God. the black and white movie? It's <laughs> in the middle the, of the yep, of the Garbo, exactly. And the Rockettes <laughs> special <laughs> opening it and yeah. everything. <laughs> We're sitting here going, mm-hmm. Bitch, they are showing this whole ass ending of this movie. It's was this a, third a thing act. that was, was this a thing that just like the Rockettes would just open up random Radio City Music Hall, man? Random like matinee screenings. I, think I don't so. know. Yeah, I bet like for a small time, perhaps during the Depression, or perhaps you know, I, I can't imagine that was for for you know it, beyond. I I always no. I mean, I mean. I was I was a very cool kid, so I read this little uh, independent book that you may not have heard of it's called catcher in the rye and uh, and that's in the 50s and he talks about going to radio city music hall just to see the dancing girls before the 
the movie. Okay. And so and this is the 30s. And, All right. And it's like – I think it was a thing. I think – and, you know, when we go to the Al Cap here in L.A. and, like, it's a big Disney or big Marvel premiere or whatever, they'll have, like, a, a little – do to do before the movie starts. Some little show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that was kind of a thing. It's like you go, you see the little dancing girls, and then the movie starts. The I love it. I love the it's Nicole fun. Kidman. It's, yeah. Up there. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. An, it's an evening out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's when you remember like, oh, fuck, John Houston. John Houston <laughs> is such an interesting choice for this movie. He, you know, you and you see it in the like – What's it supposed to be? The Lower East Side, right? Yeah, of- <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lot. That the yeah, that back lot at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. It is like it, it's immersive. It's everything you want. I think it's the. I, I think it's the Warner lot. The Warner lot, sure, mm-hmm. sure. the Warner lot, yeah. exactly, exactly. And don't um, you know, I'm going to say something that's probably it sounds awful, and I don't mean it awful, but. I don't love the sound of children singing. It's like, it, it truly. No, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I had to shut off Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio because it was like nails in a <laughs> The sing, I just hate, I don't hate, uh, yeah, I hate the sound of children singing. Sure, it's like, sure, it's sure. like nails on a chalkboard to me. But this one, perhaps it's because it hit me at that age, but it's just like the, the children singing scenes, exactly. I identified with them as a kid and they didn't annoy me, even. Right. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if that's him, if that's the music. Yeah. If, if that's the performers. Well, because even the but, Hard Knock Life, which is a great song, it's so fun, it's such a bop, but those girls are screaming. Yeah. They, <laughs> they're yelling. Those they're lyrics. yelling. And the Broadway singing of it all, the yeah, SNL kind yeah. of like Vanessa Bayer of yeah. it all. Oh, yeah. So, I only, I mean, I'm Queen. not a huge musical person because <laughs> of that. There's an earnestness to them. Yeah. I much prefer, I'm like of the night, you know, I like the. Christina Ricci, the Juliette Lewis, the like, mm-hmm. I hate acting. I don't want to be in this. Ah. And there's something so effortful of the Anne Reikings and the Anne Hathaways and yeah. the like. But that's not to say that theirs isn't incredible. But, you know, I I do come at this exactly. Like, I was surprised how much I still like this. Right. <laughs> Considering. Okay. I, I mean, you mentioned that. I mean, God bless Ailing Queen. She, Quinn, she didn't really go on to do anything, but that child acting kind of kills me <laughs> and yeah it's the vanessa bear snl sketch of the child <laughs> actor yeah you know they're just aiming for the seats in the back yeah you know? yeah they're giving they're giving major theater kid energy but okay so let's talk about eileen quinn as annie you know little orphan annie is it started off as a comic strip like literally comic strip like the funny pages you know and we know the 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 look the the white eyes with no pupils, the the orange like afro for <laughs> lack of a better term, and the, the the red and white you know little dress. Mm-hmm. And when they do give us a red and white dress, it's like oh my god, there it is, that's the look. Those early scenes when she's in the orphanage and the hair the is hair is out of control. Mm-hmm. It's because how do you make that hair like in the real world? I have to say, <laughs> I thought truthfully. It was done from like a utilitarian perspective of so they could like confuse her with the stunt. Like it felt like they just took the sure. wig off yeah. the stunt double <laughs> and just kind of traded have a dance. We have 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 two we have her dance double. Yeah. yeah, the two yeah. the two little pigtails in the back. It's like why? What is going on? You know, when you see picture Google Google Sarah Jessica Parker Annie, it's just a little bob. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a little bob. They're not going for she anything. Have a little crazy. Afro? No. What? 
She's a little bob. And it's 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 like auburn. Okay. It's not even red. It's just her I think it's her hair. Yeah. Um <laughs> so they they didn't care. They were not like going for for realism. But this one they're giving her this like halo of orange curls. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's... Sandy took a few swipes at it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, the John, the John Houston trying, I guess, yeah. nitty gritty, like the Hollywood nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah, it's it oh, is this poor girl. But it's a, but I I did read that it's a wig at least. It's not like they didn't dye her hair or cut it into that. You know, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so the look is the look is crazy. But at least they're trying to go for like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, does yeah. this count as a comic book movie? Or they're like, okay, Superman did one thing, and now we're going to try and match. Sure. And I would imagine that's what John Huston's angle was, is that, sure, this Broadway show is really popular, but I want to make a movie that's a little more like the well, comic, too. Because I think the whole mm-hmm. like Punjab and the Asp, I don't know that they're in the show, but they are from the comic strip. From so the, it's like yeah. he was trying to – yeah, maybe he was trying to bring in more like we, – we grew up on this, you know, in the Depression, you know, or whatever, like – Leaping lizards. <laughs> I feel like I don't. Why do I have a memory of the comic in terms of like taking silly putty and like copying the comic? Yeah, I, yeah. I, but it wouldn't have been on when we were kids. Was it uh, still maybe like, it was in, in the funnies? I yeah. guess when we were kids. in the early eighties. Maybe do they have reruns of those? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that might have been. I'm like, I have some sort of comic memory of it, but that's funny. Is it a comic movie? Yeah. Is it a musical movie? It's like, no, something it's, to yeah, argue. Stop, you're both right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, they got the, like, her freckle face yes, kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, pluckiness. Yeah, yeah. In kind of certainly um, conveys, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay. Eileen Quinn, she's she's doing the most. But, I mean, if we're really going to talk about, like, characters doing the most, there's – yes, the kids are crazy. But, I mean, we, have to, we haven't even talked about Albert Finney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Albert Finney, I read, is doing a John Huston impression in his voice. Oh. Like, that booming <laughs> – I can hear it. That booming voice. I can hear it. I would love to see footage of John Huston. I don't know how old John Huston was when he directed this movie. But him directing all of these little girls – <laughs> oh, I mean, I was picturing who had to hold his cigarette and like yeah. who was, yeah. you know, what I mean? smoking a cigar and blowing it in their faces. <laughs> Absolutely, like bright lights on them as it's like five in the morning and on their they're on their nine hundred yeah. like amplié <laughs> or whatever. He has, the, he has the big megaphone in his hand. His job. Totally. I mean, John, John Houston was an old man in yeah. Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was, I mean, this is one of, I think Pritzi's honors was his last, but I mean, yeah. this is literally like, this would have been two, yeah, like his second or third to last yeah. movie. I yeah. Okay. So Albert Finney is cast as, uh, Daddy Warbucks. I was reading that Jack was almost Daddy Warbucks and then he well, left. there you go, John Houston. That yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But this is one of those things that this is an adaptation of a, a stage production. But again, there's the comic book or the 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 comic strip and all of that. And I think Albert Finney probably just came in and was just like, "I'm just blank slate." Yeah, this is my interpretation of this like oligarch kind of. <laughs> I, I know, you know what I mean. But it's like a a, a depression era. They mentioned. I'm reading my ticker tape. It's very Mr. Burns, mm-hmm. just like they mentioned billionaire and 
imagine what a billionaire looked like in the, in the 30s. 30s. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he probably based it exactly on like whatever, whoever would have been that, you know, they have that thing of when he's got, you know, one of them, I think it's Anne Reiking. I forgot her name in the movie terribly. That's saying, um, you know, he's just asking about all the, the big guys. Or did this, this person called to this, but it's like Carnegie, Rockefeller. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so he probably based it on one of the, some yeah, of them yeah. as well and they're kind of oratory These, and yeah that heated personality less so than from a certainly a musical theater approch right right <laughs> in yeah. any kind of way these these titanic survivors that he's yeah. like on the, <laughs> yeah, on the phone with. but okay so very rarely is he just speaking at a normal at a normal register yeah right and but when he is he's giving john houston because uh i i john houston is a very uh, memorable voice. He is he's Gandalf. Yeah, he's Hobbit, Gandalf from the Hobbit uh, animated Gandalf movie. Is me. Gandalf means me. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know he's he's the, a, a fucking son of a bitch villain in Chinatown. Um, yep, so he's got yep, a very yep. memorable delivery, and yep. I can see it. But then when Albert Finney is on the phone with john jacob astor and rockefeller and all yes. he is just at the top of his lungs scream and it's just and it's comical it is it's yeah. insane it's ridiculous but i mean hey he's he's doing the most and what we also what we notice we're just like thank god albert finney came in and was just like just shave it yeah just shave it he's not wearing I'm a ball not cap putting on a ball cap every day just cut it off Amen. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I always liked him in it. I never, you know, it's it, what the other thing that's funny to think about this is like, you think of kind of for every like, what is it? Rock of ages and, <laughs> and you know, like just huge kind of, or even like the Chris Columbus rent or like when yeah. we're just like, so, you know, the, the cynical adults in us all that are just like, this is terrible. Yeah. And why was this away? But then there's always like a five-year-old somewhere that's like discovering musical theater sure. and Broadway and through these kind of things. Um, which, yeah, exactly. Cause this is definitely, um, not the best remake, but as a kid, yeah, something about the magic of his gruffness, and I actually believed his terrible chemistry with Anne Reich. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think he has more chemistry with uh, Eleanor and FDR than he uh, does with her. <laughs> those Eleanor and, and FDRs are a little SNL. <laughs> isn't that that's Grandpa? That's um, Mr. Gilmore. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Edward Herman. Edward Herman. I mean, Edward Herman made a whole career out of playing historical figures. I think that mm-hmm. he's. I think that he played FDR numerous times. He is Hearst in the Cat's Meow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He played these. He played these types a lot. But it's funny because it's 1982, so he's a lot younger. He's probably yeah. in his 30s, and they have the like Party City silver hairspray. You know, <laughs> totally. Was I was trying to think? I didn't recognize her name, but um, who played Eleanor? Was oh she... yeah, I forgot who showed. But let me let me ask this. Um, I may have been dipping in and out of consciousness at this point last night because it was like 1 a.m. But was he even in a wheelchair? No, he was. Well, he no. Was? Uh, oh, was he? I don't remember. He's introduced in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. But I think he stands up at some point. He stands up to sing when yeah. they all sing oh, the that's sun right. will come out tomorrow. Yeah, I think he stands up. Is it like a crusty thing when he's playing FDR? He just forgot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't let a little pesky no. thing, you know. It was a mild case of polio. 
Exactly. <laughs> Keep you from being optimistic and singing about the sun coming out. Especially in like this, you know, it's it's the 30s, it's gray, it's black and white. And you know what? Fuck yeah, we're going to get out of this depression. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt was played by Lois DeBanzi. Okay. I bet that. she was probably a Broadway yeah. yeoman actress, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I want to talk about Tomorrow because... This song is it's I mean it's iconic obviously I even if you've of, never seen Annie I you kind know of tomorrow have a memory of it being a little showcased better in the movie yeah cuz I feel like it's kind of throwaway in that scene yeah purposely they said he thought he was cheesy at Houston uh, uh. um I don't 100% disagree <laughs> I mean I always my favorite songs were always the as you said the, the orphanage songs yeah, all yeah. the orphanage hard Sandy, knock life, hard knock mm-hmm. life. You know, you there. Great. Oh, there. yeah. Like, I kind of yeah, like that one. as the yeah. callback song, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just is, again, it like, and, and you know, everyone's in, he has different opinions, but it takes it away from the, the schmaltzy Broadway that sure. often take it. It just, it doesn't ring true to me. I respect the art form of it, but it just, right. you know. But if tomorrow is like true, I mean, if, if history tells us that tomorrow is like the let it go of this of this production mm-hmm. first of all they're blowing their wad playing it over the opening credits sure so yep. that i think mm-hmm. that to me is john houston saying fuck that song who cares yeah yep. we're not going to build up to it let's just get it out of the just way get it out of the way then they sh- they play it in the middle of the movie with freaking fdr and eleanor roosevelt on backing vocals and it's like a weird rendition so you're like, okay. So it doesn't have this buildup or this like crescendo of the song. And then we do get the big closing number of it, which is good. And I, I will never forget the fireworks show at the end. I, I always was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's a type of song. There are, there are, there are, you know, in every field, there are ways you impress kind of the general viewer and there are, there are ways you impress the person who's actively involved in yes. your field. Yeah. You know? You write like David Baldacci. You write like what you know. Um, um, what's Thomas Pynchon? Oh. You know, and and I think that a lot of times the, the audience doesn't want the Thomas Pynchon of it yeah, all, yeah. or they do. For me, there are certain Broadway songs, and and to me, that's "Let It Go," and you know, feel free to argue, disagree with me. Where they're so muscular, and there's so much about the vocal prowess it takes to do the song, mm-hmm. yeah, that. The emotion of it perhaps isn't as effective as, you know, she's been in the press. Say, like, a stay by Rihanna. That isn't a very vocally hard song thing. Mm -hmm. And so that, to me, is why I tend to gravitate. I don't love Let It Go. I don't love And I Am Telling You. I don't love those big, which is, I know, I know it's terrible, (laughs) but those big muscular songs because I lose the emotion by just seeing the technical prowess it takes for the singing it. And I think... The sun will come out tomorrow for a child singer is a version of that. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it is interesting seeing how kind of the the structure of it and and the filmmakers kind of like molded this movie to kind to be what they wanted it to be. Um, but in but because tomorrow, even at the time, we, with like cast recordings and all that, probably was a bigger hit. I, I doubt it was on the radio or anything, but. Um, it's interesting that they chose to kind of mm-hmm. to give it that place in, in the movie, but that kind of means that the the movie doesn't really have like a big hook. Exactly, like does yep. it? I don't know. I was, I remember. I mean, I as a kid, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, Hard Knock Life." That was the one that made yeah. me like 
fucking pumped yeah. and it's right at the yeah. beginning you're just like there's a yes. lot of energy in it it yeah. really it really gets you in the mood yeah little five-year-old yeah. pete was just mm-hmm. like yeah Hard there's a lot of the structure of this and this is where my lack of knowing a lot of musicals might be showing through but i uh, felt like there's a lot of structure in this musical that ring that you know, familiar in some of the famous later Disney ones that we saw, the mm-hmm. kind of little girls as Ursula, kind yeah. of sure. or the souls, the, the you know, um, what's it? The, 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 I think you're going to like it here is the Be Our Guest yeah, of it all. Yeah, and yeah. So, like, there was a lot of that, exactly, that um, um, was interesting. But I think you're right. It's like by doing kind of towing the line between both, didn't they? They didn't ever. They didn't make their money back. I think they failed to please the Broadway fans, yeah. and they failed, failed to please the cinematic fans. I think that just, it you know. made decent money, but I think that it was just a really expensive production. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I think uh, Clint, uh, Clint Eastwood's Jersey Boys is another example of that. It's like, oh my certain... god, I completely forgot about Clint Eastwood's Jersey Boys. <laughs> that's you a know? movie that's pretty much been like erased from pop culture. Yeah, and it's it's an, it's another one of like this kind of macho muscular director trying to exert their style on an art form that they perhaps don't fully understand or know as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um okay, so now uh I want to talk about we talked a little bit about Tim Curry and Do we want uh, to talk a little bit Bernadette more about Peters. Carol Burnett. But yeah, let's 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 get into Carol Burnett, Tim Curry, and Bernadette Peters. That was interesting that I think this was almost bet, which I could totally see Bet Midler, Midler as a really good Miss Hannigan. A hundred percent. And it's so funny you say that because that never even crossed my mind. And now yeah. that you say that, I feel like I've known that forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. You're right. <laughs> Makes total she sense. must have been offered it. She yeah. would have been so young though. Like I don't know how what but the age difference is I between buy, Carol Burnett and I Bette buy, Midler. But I buy an eighties, but yeah, I buy Bette it. They're running an orphanage. I buy it and yeah. I love it. But I think yeah, I, I like Carol Burnett's age in the movie because she's just like that. She's man hungry. I mean, she's going after Mister Bundles. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. She's, I mean, she's fucking she Mister Bundles. Needs, she just needs a man to hold her. Like, yeah, like Ramona. I mean, I loved it. Like, there's mm-hmm. just something so. I mean, it's like the older you get, the more you are team man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the poor thing with these kids just stomping on her, stuck in this uh, orphanage with all these you know, kids. Her dreams yeah. getting shit on, and her brother taking advantage of oh her. I God. just feel so. Sorry for her, and she can't even get a moment of quiet to have her martini. <laughs> just sitting there with her big paddle, making the bathtub gin. Just I like- used to love. I used to love that part as a kid. Partly nope, just because, exactly. just like just alcohol in movies, I always just found so fascinating. Yeah, of, especially when she's introduced holding that giant gin bottle. <laughs> <laughs> There's something so ASMR about her scene mm-hmm. that I think I connected to in the 80s of like the gin just the and also like clanking and, and the, the clanking on the glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's so um and she just, you know, exactly. She's body, but she that's the Carol Barnett of yeah, it all. Yeah. She's able to be body without yeah. kicking it completely into caricature. Right. <laughs> she throws some hiccups in there mm-hmm. and like it's fine. It's it's still good. I guess on on NPR she did an interview with Terry Gross and she talked about how she got her chin done somewhere in production and when they did pickup shots later her chin looks different, so if you're looking really close, you can you can clock the work that she's had done. I didn't notice. I, I, I couldn't notice it last night. Yeah. But yeah. it was wow. loud. <laughs> but yeah, that comes straight from her, though. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm curious, you know, in the musical, uh, and I didn't know this either, that she doesn't have any redemption. She goes to jail. Right. She doesn't really try to, to stop the, the sure. kidnapping. You know, and I like that they did that. I wonder yeah. whose idea, if that was the writer, if Carol Burnett had any say in that, yeah. you know? I would say maybe Carol Burnett had a little bit of when say she in that, too, When she sees that Rooster is clearly going to murder this child. <laughs> He's going to throw her off a bridge. Yeah. She's not a terrible person. She just mm-hmm. wants a little yeah. quiet and yeah. to make these kids, you know, work for her. She's helping them help her. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I love it. And she gets her kind of scene at the end. She gets to enjoy the fireworks, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's there. Yeah. And, you, you know, it is it's effective when he's chasing after her after she's gone up the bridge and she screams at him. You're just like, oh, shit. All right. Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I, uh, it's an endearing portrayal. I haven't seen Cameron Diaz's take on her just going <laughs> cinematic. <laughs> Cameron Diaz's her, last her bad major, <laughs> Cameron Diaz's last major Hollywood role. I mean, I know that she's making a Netflix movie, movie with Jamie uh-huh. Foxx right now, mm-hmm. but yep. yeah, the last time that we saw Cam on screen was Miss Hannigan 2014. We are actually, we did not see it. No, so. we, didn't, we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's interesting either. that Annie is just one of those properties that every generation just sort of has an Annie. There's the, the, the Broadway show. There's the 80, movie the 99 movie with rob marshall i know is really beloved with broadway fans because i know that it it's the most like the show and, and this is it. the this is the um that's the rob marshall one with kathy bates kathy bates mm-hmm. and uh kristen chenoweth yeah got it got it and Ruth i mean one would argue that matilda kind of took roll a doll and oh, yeah. for the yeah. new generation you know down to like the crazy choreography by yeah. the girls and i was gonna you know, say I mean, there's a lot of influence here i was gonna know? say when we got those first trailers of the netflix matilda and those girls are just like stomping down the hall i was just like this is giving me annie we didn't watch it is vibes. it good i watched the first few minutes and i was actually like talk about surprise Children performance singing. of the year that was andrea riseborough's surprise performance the <laughs> <laughs> i um but it's just a little manic for me oh is she yeah. I, is she miss honey she or plays she plays the mom the oh, oh, character oh, okay mm-hmm. so, so it's really bawdy and over the top and i love cute. the brits are really good at that too they can't yes. be broke, right? yeah you know without and then go back and be serious the way we have a lot of our Broadway actors don't always translate as right, well. Right, right. The same with our our stage or our, our theatrical actors, but mm-hmm. the Brits really seem to do both well. You know? I've always wondered why Bernadette Peters never had a bigger movie career because she was in stuff in the eighties. Stuff here yeah. and there in the nineties. She had a boom. She had a boom in the eighties yeah. because she was such a big Broadway star. And they're like, let's let's bring her over. She's I mean, beautiful. I She's mean, petite. did like did like heart bleeps like derail she, her career? I, I don't know. I think she just picked weird shit. Mm-hmm. She's in weird yeah. movies. <laughs> I also think, yeah. I mean, I think it has to do. You know, who knows? I mean, and to didn't she in the eighties like originate a lot of Sondheim roles and yeah, stuff? Sure. Like, I yeah. think it probably just takes like so long the like True, rehearsals, yeah. the practice, the like all that, that it's, you know, but the joke is they make more for an episode of law and order than they do for like the entire Tony. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Show. Yeah. I love her. I mean, I don't, last thing I would have said she was in, I thought she was fun on um, Mozart in the jungle. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah. I think she's good things great. About that. She's, you know, um, she, she's great in the uh, magical world of Disney Cinderella as the evil stepmother. So good uh, in that role. Yep, absolutely. And the jerk. The, I mean, I always remember oh, her the from jerk, the jerk yeah, too, which yeah. would have been a right around this. And she was married to she was married or dating Steve Martin, right? I don't think they were married, but they were a couple for a long time. And I know that Steve Martin 
was in talks for Rooster, and I think when he found out that Bernadette was attached to it, I think that he kind of declined. Got it. Got Had it. they? Oh, they just split up. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Um, I feel like she. You know, it's Bernadette Peters. She has this reputation. She has this voice. All that stuff. And then there's songs like Easy Street, and you're like, and you. I think she's almost <laughs> underused in this movie. A hundred percent. You know, I don't think she was yet. Bernadette Peters, right, okay. quote unquote. Yeah, um, I think she was more like Broadway ingenue. It's sure. like Kristen Chenoweth, Charlie Brown, not Wicked yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let me let me tell you this. Uh, you know, Quads and Palm Springs that we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Broadway video bar, and you know everybody sings along when they show the the clips. They play Easy Street from the Rob Marshall, the ninety nine one. Yep, a um, lot, and Kristen Chenoweth is heavily featured yep. in, that, in that version. I'm sure. you know. They booked that one for a reason. Yes, yep. And in in this this movie, it's funny. You know, Carol Burnett gets slammed into the walls, and you know, <laughs> falling out the over the window sill, and all of these things. It's, it's it's very it's a funny performance, but it's definitely Tim Curry heavy. <laughs> Yeah, it's much more focused too. I feel like on the vaudeville movement yeah. of it mm-hmm. than on the like. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. It's like almost exactly like was John Houston kind of like I want to make this movie as his like remembering his kind of of a right. yeah. or mm-hmm. his own childhood. Not that he was a child at that time, but yeah. he would have you know the vaudeville probably mm-hmm. would have been. I think child. that some of the Easy Street stuff was reshoots too. I think that they had originally filmed a different take okay. on Easy Street, and it may have been out on the back lot more. And they brought it back into the and they brought it back into right. the, the orphanage, two million dollars yep. or something. Yeah. And then they and there was a lot of extras. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think wow. that's the. I think Easy Street's the one where you can see Carol Burnett's work that she's had done on her channel. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's where she talks. She says like it's most visible. Um, again, I love that back lot. It would have been nice to to see it featured a little bit more. But we we get a good. Bit of it at the beginning with the, the dog opening. catcher mm-hmm. and you yeah, know, all yeah, that stuff. exactly. So it's used, um, but yeah, I, I remember as a as a kid, Easy Street. I feel like I was just born again. I'm five, so yeah. you know. <laughs> it's also not the catchiest song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very Broadway kind Probably of probably a hard song that. to sing too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, w- I want Annie swimming in the indoor pool. You know. <laughs> Totally. I mean, who wasn't it? It's like when you start to think back to, you're like, was this my first like introduction to like rich? Yeah, you know what luxury. I mean, luxury, sugar yeah. baby, <laughs> sugar baby, and sugar daddies. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely yeah, my, like yeah. you know, and it might have might well have been well because just like help who can't wait to just serve me <laughs> because this isn't just a mansion, Mama. This is Great Gatsby. Oh yeah, this these is, are those giant mansions in New Jersey. This is an estate. This is like <laughs> it always reminds me of the mansion from the Witches of Eastwick, but I think that the Witches of Eastwick is just down the road. I sure. think that house is yeah. in the neighborhood yeah. in New Jersey. Yeah. This shit is yeah. like Mall of America. Like there's like a Westfield sign in front of this house. Yeah. Like it's so big. <laughs> um, there's like a things remembered. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere there's in that a house. T- a tinderbox in there. Yeah. Um the indoor pool, insane. Um, but there there was there's a couple of like super kooky. Like we were talking about, like, this is some like airplane style oh yeah when the bomb gets thrown in daddy warbucks office that is straight up a jerry zucker joke and it's like a tom and jerry bomb 
<laughs> like the black ball with the big white line. <laughs> is that what they look like? Where did someone get that? that? Like, you know, when did that become? Like, where did a big mallet ever come from? Yeah. Like, I'm always like, there's certain things I'm like, were these impractical? It's like, and then they were like exaggerated. Like, Mommy, know? what's what's the Bolsheviks? Yeah, who are the who are the who Bolsheviks? Are the Bolsheviks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Oh my god. So okay, I know that the portrayal of Punjab may or may not be <laughs> appropriate in 2020. May not age so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let me tell you that my sister and I were, were very obsessed uh, with with him. And this actor, uh, he is uh, – I just had him. Okay. Jeffrey Holder. Uh, he passed away in 2014. Uh, he was a dancer. He was a, a big stage star. And – my older sister and I, when we were little, and Annie came out, and we were obsessed with Punjab and his whole like enchanting the like airplane mm-hmm. and his yeah. little dance is very like it's a small world. Um, he did uh, Seven Up commercials. He became the face of Seven Up oh, right yeah. after Annie, and he has a very deep, booming voice. Fresh, clean taste, no aftertaste, wet, wild, all that. Marvelous, absolutely marvelous. Just try making something like that out of a cola nut. Why, it's even prettier than a cola. Nuttier than a cola, actually. <laughs> and if you look up these 7-Up commercials, they're all on YouTube. And the and 7-Up, uh, their ad campaign at the time, in the early 80s, was they were the un-cola. Because yeah, I remember the, the un-cola. And there's no caffeine and all that. And so his whole thing was like the un-cola in this like Punjab deep voice. And he would laugh. And he has a very distinctive laugh. And I think he does it a couple times. He's like, ah, ah, ah. So my sister and I, every time the Punjab, Jeffrey Holder, Uncola 7-Up commercials would come on. We would like scream and laugh and be like the Uncola and just go around like quoting that. And we loved it. And this actor who is the Asp, who is just like – he's like – the character is Japanese, but he's doing like kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he the driver? I think he's a driver. And then they make – they like add in the music, that kind of Eastern yeah. – I mean, the exoticism, for lack of a better yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, off the chart. It's it's crazy, but I have to tell you that uh, Roger Minami, who's playing the Asp, his like his body movements when he's doing these crazy kung fu things are like captivating. As a, I was just like, what is he doing? How is he doing all that stuff? You know, and and I think Annie says like, oh, I just I was I was just having like kung fu lessons with the Asp, and that's when she. Really, actually, kicks Albert Finney <laughs> in the chest, yes, yes, in the shin, yeah. <laughs> like at one point. But yeah, there's just a couple of things that, as a kid, I was just very much like, "Oh my god, I love this!" I'm like, "I'm here for it," mm-hmm. and that's why certain things, you know. And again, a five year old adult scenes are not going to hold your attention. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, and and you know, when you're that age too, you you kind of like. Your awareness of like period movies, yeah, and like this is supposed to be a different time frame. I feel like, like you would only know the depression of when your grandparents might have talked about it. 
Yeah. Or like, just your, like your, even like your great grandma. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is when they made cookies with bacon fat. Yeah. Like, he gets, uh, Punjab gets the, the Schwarzenegger moment. I mean, he gets to be the hero. He, he has, yes. Be, yeah. It's the, it's the big true lies <laughs> moment. <laughs> and that helicopter from the thirties that does yeah. not, I, I, I don't think I'm getting in that. That auto gyro mm-hmm. or whatever that. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is. I think it's a good plug for Buddhism as well, too, mm-hmm. which was a good... Oh, that's know, true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That whole, like... Oh, my God. That that ending sequence is out of control. But... Um, so... We, <laughs> I keep... Every time I watch this movie, the whole idea of, like, Annie's long-lost parents and her broken locket and all mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. It's like... Classic Orphan Annie, like, thing. You always remember the locket. You always remember the mm-hmm. broken locket. Mm-hmm. But, okay, she gets... First of all, she gets chosen to do the week with with uh, Moneybags. What's his name? Uh, Who wants to marry a millionaire? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. yeah, so. yeah. Warbucks. Yeah. Daddy Warbucks. She gets Not the week with problem. Daddy Warbucks. Love the scene where she's uh, listening in on the conversation with... Uh, with Anne Ranking. And, oh, that is cute. And she's and, like, 10-year-old redhead. She's like, I don't got any of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Okay, so she she wins the, you know, the Joe Millionaire. Then she convinces him to, <laughs> to actually adopt her. Then she's like, oh, you know what? Fuck all this. Fuck your house. Fuck your couch. I want to find my real parents and, yeah. and leave you and go live in abject like, poverty. And I'm like... Annie, you kind of got a sweet deal going on. I mean, they I don't can- know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, seriously, <laughs> throw the locket in the ocean. Even, yeah. even if your even if your parents are alive, do you really want to go back to them? <laughs> you know, yeah. they're lost. But yes, I know exactly. It's because it, her heart is in the right place, and by proving that she loves the beast for him and not mm-hmm. for his money, yeah, she gets. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all of this whole like like uh, Cinderella like oh well you know I interviewed what she said she interviewed eight hundred people yeah eight hundred families Anne is so sad in that scene of just like she I mean all these people that are lying to him yeah mm-hmm. well also I don't think she wants to g- give up Annie either I think no. Anne is just like oh. I mean. <laughs> That's also, like, I know we have this idea of, like, you know, everyone prior to, like, the 70s used to, like, all kind of sing together and love each other and all that. <laughs> like, but, like, one would argue that, like, going back to, like, pre-civilization, if you were to dangle a reward for, yeah, <laughs> for sure. something found, half the tribe would show up and say they found it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but Anna's just so sad in that scene of just like she, none of them knew she just the like she just expects the best out of people and she's just heartbroken that everybody right. is lying just to get the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um Well, I mean, she also like it was the type of woman who thinks that her billionaire man is gonna marry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, the peace and ranking. I know. Oh my god. Um where does Rooster get the Broken piece of the locket. It's uh, Miss Hannigan has it. Oh, she just had it. They died in the fire. They They died died in the fire and they dropped off kind of the rest of their belongings. And she has these, I think, just random possessions of orphans and all of these boxes. Okay. Okay. And Miss Hannigan has been sitting on this forever. 
Sure. But character, you know, character decision, and who knows, will we ever know? Is this to protect <laughs> the children? Right, or is right, this right. Just there? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you would argue that, like, at that point, maybe you want to wait until they're adults to, like, divulge their reasonings for being given up for I mean, what, in, if we're realistically looking at this, what does a child like that yeah. truly to look like have except the hope for something right. you know yeah. um so really she's the hero mrs Han- Ms. Ab- Hannigan. Absolutely. Ms. <laughs> Hannigan. um you know it's it's funny because again we're we're little kids when we're introduced to this it's the early 80s when this comes out and so to me it's like are orphanages still like is this what happens right? to you when your parents die you go and live you get, in you, this big brownstone you have to go you, know? you have to go sleep in the with like the row of beds yeah and let me tell you this the early 80s obsession with orphan children was it because of Annie? What are the other 80s orphan okay. children? We had Punky Brewster. Sure. Yeah. We yeah. had uh Different Strokes, Webster, mm-hmm. um there was a sh- there was a whole show that was like a- called Rags to Riches, which was like a f- Annie oh, yeah. fake ripoff musical mm-hmm. half hour single camera show in like mm-hmm. I want to say like eighty seven that was called Rags to Riches that was about an orphanage, and I think at this point we had probably transitioned to calling them group homes and not mm-hmm. orphanages. <laughs> <laughs> the Boys and Girls Club, but that wasn't really. No, cool. that was just. I a, forget play. I after forget school. what what Punky Brewster calls the place where she's where she lived before. She calls it the name of whatever it is. Yeah, like Saint well, they had Boys Town too, right? Do you remember that? But that's that, all too. very. My father was a teacher, and he actually taught at a Boys oh Town like in the seventies. Wow, those still like existed for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Boystown was like point. religious, I think, or maybe it wasn't. But yeah, um, that. But yeah, there was a strange fascination in pop culture with like kids with no families and just kind of. I mean, Punky didn't. Henry Warnemont wasn't rich by any means, so mm-hmm. she was still kind yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, your favorite show, uh, Different Strokes. Different Strokes. I mean, that's also like that's poor, a Daddy Warbucks. Poor kids that get to be rich. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And Webster too, and well, that was also a thing about like smaller statured African American boys being adopted by. <laughs> that, do you by think it had children? to do with too? And I don't want to reduce anything to like it. Also had to do with a little bit of, like the more openness of adoption in the seventies, sure. because sure. Like, prior to that, wasn't it always like secret? Basically, yeah. like yeah, it was like a secret, yeah. and this was our child, and you didn't even tell the kid, and you yeah. didn't do this and that, and so like with a little bit of openness and openness to. With openness comes ability to adopt children that don't look totally like you. Right, right, you know? right. Who knows? I mean, nothing. Not that the seventies were a beacon of of uh, a lot of change, but I may perhaps it was a little bit of that. You know? Yeah, too. absolutely. Um, Rags to riches was Joseph Bellona, a wealthy widowed businessman, adopts five daughters to live with him at his mansion. One of the daughters being Tisha Campbell. From, wow. from okay. Martin and from Little Shop yeah. of Horrors. Mm-hmm. What was Silver Spoons? Was that the same thing too? He, or was he not? He was not adopted. That was his father. But I think he didn't know his father until he was like 10 or 11. And then he went to go live with the dad. And the dad was rich. 
guy. So it was and like oh, a conservative nut. So oh, was, was it almost kind of like a parent trap sort of thing? Uh, yeah, maybe. But I think the mom just died. Okay. And he's just like, I'm going to go live with my dad. I was thinking about that, like when you're talking about the, the original Charles and Charles. Remember what they would do to us with sitcoms in the 80s? Do you remember the Hogan family and yeah. like they killed yeah. Valor, or, <laughs> yeah. Valerie Harper Valor- off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like laughing one minute with Jason Bateman and then his mom's dead. I mean, like it was like scary. The, what? What they would, yeah, it's not like you were time. following like the salary dispute. No, as a kid, he was like, what? (laughs) Sandy Duncan's there next day. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Like, you? I don't know. Sitcoms kind of warped my mind as to what, you know, my home life should or should not be like. (laughs) Well, also, as you get older, there are certain things you start to realize, like, as you get older, that to me taints certain things. And, like, one is the idea that, like, and obviously I still love Buffy even as much as it's been tainted by a lot of things, but there's this idea that, like, a person who's lived for hundreds of years would want to spend any time with high school with kids. With teenagers, yeah. Sure. yeah. Instantly, it's like, I don't even, as a 40-year-old. Like, yeah. why is Angel yeah. why is you Angel know? picking up this blonde high schooler at the bronze? Like, why does he care? Exactly. Like, get me the hell away from high school kids. And then the other one being that, like, if someone died in your family, like, your aunt's going to move in and, like, move in. Yeah. And take yeah. care of you. Or, like, the full house of it all that, like, your dad and your uncle are going to be, like, best friends. and move. Like, you couldn't have a gun to my head for me to move in with, like, my – I love my brother-in-law. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or, like, my friend's wives. Like, no. Literally murder me. <laughs> <laughs> and just raise their kids. Okay. Yeah. But like in the eighties, that was just like normal. Oh, Aunt Sandy's moving in to raise us now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Annie did just have this kind of like overarching kind of uh this Yeah. Just you just started to see it all in, in television. Yeah, an influence on yeah. on, on everything. I think definitely it, it it that's where you get something like a punky brewster. Oh yeah. Um mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That yeah. show Rags to Riches is is like – well, you know what I did read too? When you're reading the plot synopsis on Wikipedia about this movie, it says like – it says that Daddy Warbucks and Grace adopt Molly. But you don't see that. Oh, no. <laughs> in there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean because I you see the that... other orphans. You see the other orphans in like nice Sunday best. Did the other orphans just – I mean I guess that they just come over and visit. It, but it also it also says that they that a family adopted like four of them okay four, together yeah. to be sisters and that, yeah. uh, that Daddy Warbucks and Grace adopted Molly to be Annie's sister. But you just see them dressed in fancy clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't see like them with like a mom and a dad and like and here's yeah. Molly to run over and join the family as they're all hugging at the very end. These are just little things that they could have thrown in there. But it's. In the plot synopsis on Wikipedia, so I don't know, is that in the press packet somewhere? Or he <laughs> filmed it in part of the like money, the wasted scenes that yeah. were often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think uh, there's definitely a uh, that kind of um, I don't know archetypal Heidi Shirley Temple yeah, it's a, of yeah. like the little girl mm-hmm. that's just so plucky that she just melts yeah. the kind of grumpy old purse people's hearts. Right. That will always the the, the what miracle on thirty fourth street. There's mm-hmm. something about that that will always be kind of Megan now. You know, like we'll always have <laughs> Megan. <laughs> The young girl who melts our heart, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it is definitely like an archetype in like 
entertainment and, and mm-hmm. cinema and, and television and, and books and all that. I mean, even like uh, 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 Pippi Longstocking kind of sure. a thing. Love just, me some Pippi Longstocking. Oh my gosh, the 80s Pippi Longstocking. I grew up on the... <laughs> Remember Scrubbing so, Day? I day. grew up on the 80s Pippi Longstocking, and Love Pete, it. meanwhile, is like, oh, no, that's Garbage Mama. That's Garbage Mama, yeah. and I'm here to tell you why. <laughs> let, let me tell you why. Uh, in the late 70s and early 80s in Los Angeles, our local KTLA Channel 5, which is now the uh, CW affiliate. <laughs> they were always the WB, and now they're the CW. But before that, it was KTLA, local channel and it is a it's a historic uh uh channel it's a historic channel and not only in california they were the first live news copter was out of ktla they go uh, back very following far the, on the car chases i watch the morning yep. news when i work from home two days a week uh, every day uh, ktla on the weekends would show the family film festival and the family film festival was hosted by this guy and he had white hair and he was very handsome um he looked like Phil Donahue, and he would introduce. There would be Popeye cartoons, and then there would be a movie, and uh, they would very often show the uh, early seventies Swedish. Swedish Pippi Longstocking with the English overdub. The dubbed, yes, <laughs> yeah, and terribly it was dubbed. terribly dubbed. They didn't match the words at all, but we didn't yeah. care, and it because it was so. Charming. This little girl, Inger Nilsson. Picking up horses. Who is I Pippi remember her. I rented them from the library. Oh Pippi my in the God. South Seas. Pippi and in the Pippi South Seas. Yeah. I agree. Those were wonderful. Those, um, and the opening song. I yes. remember was great, too. I am Pippi You're right, but. <laughs> yeah, oh my good. God. I am Pippi Long. <laughs> yes. Stuck in I do remember Yeah, that. so to me, that was always Pippi. The little Annika had the baby doll bangs. And Louise like a, Brooks, the it's Louise like the, Brooks, yeah. and the yep. and the Bob, yeah, and Tommy was a little blonde boy because they're in like you know the Netherlands or whatever, and yep. Tommy and Annika. That was the first time I heard the name Annika before, and you know what's the Mister Nelson, the horse with like b- black paint uh-huh. spots. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> On him, would, yeah, yeah. Yep. So this, and so then when the. 80s or the 90s? new adventures the, of it was like 87 yeah, yeah. Like 87 mm-hmm. or 88 she was she's giving me robin lively she's giving me teen witch she's yeah. giving me too old inger knows she was is a, i think in that crew with yeah, them too i yeah. think she's like she popped up again you're right you're right it's about eileen brennan though is that eileen brennan yeah. is so it. funny in it that's <laughs> what i loved about it yeah. she's same eileen <laughs> no you're right you're right you're right but um yeah pippy pippy was great but yeah i think that you're right this character is it's an archetypal character and so so i do think that it did have a huge influence on the 80s and sitcoms and trickling down and yeah. all that but it, it does go back a lot further than even the movie and the and the stage show it's it's a it's a character type that's been also around. like the the cute little white girl that surrounds herself by all of these ethnic people that are sort of <laughs> teaching her wisdom too. I mean, yep. sadly, look at yep. the Charlie or the what's it, Charlie Temple tap dancing. Oh yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, on the positive side, I'll say it speaks, but let's say it speaks to an innocence that we sure. see that mm-hmm. like and up. You know, certainly like a unjaded optimism that yeah. <laughs> I certainly have to muster sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting when looking that you remember this movie and you're like, 
it's Annie. It's great. But when you look up the reception of this movie, this movie was not liked at the time. It was very, I think critics just sort of dismissed it of just being a, a pretty like mediocre movie. I mean, Pauline Kale, I love a good Pauline Kale oh, burn. Shade. She says that the story cries out for a cockeyed fairy tale tone, but instead has the feeling of a manufactured romp. Every sequence seems to be trying too hard to be upbeat and irresistible, but it's all ungainly. And that was just kind of the consensus of the critical reception of this movie. I don't disagree, but I do (laughs) think there's cynicism. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. an air of cynicism that perhaps as children, we didn't, we didn't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And do you, I mean, do you think, I mean, obviously had to have thought this, but is John Houston sitting there thinking I'm making a children's movie? Like this is for the kids. This is for the kiddos. Does he give a shit? But I mean, obviously it's a kid's movie. I mean, I I think at that age, that's like a rumination on like age, ego, on like, you know what I mean? Like, on what would he be thinking? Like, like a guy who's kind of accomplished everything at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I personally would think it has to do with him trying to like, yeah, connect with the early chapter of his life as he's now closing one Mm -hmm. and with the, the movies style that would have been popular to kind of, you know, to, during his formative years, and, which are like these, and he these would have grown up on Little Orphan Annie, the comic strip too. So it would have been something from his childhood. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching a Christmas story, and Ralphie being very obsessed with his Little Orphan Annie Dakota ring mm-hmm. and all of that, yeah. and the Bioval team. I remember hearing remember this scene. Uh, I remember hearing stories from my grandparents of listening to the Annie. Yeah, radio show. I was, yeah, mm-hmm. that was my like asking my parents like what little orphan yep. like what is it what are they talking about and just kind of explaining to me the idea of radio shows and before television there was you know radio and it was showed like sitcoms or whatever and it would be a half hour or 20 minutes and annie foiling diamond heist i don't know whatever they would yeah. whatever adventures <laughs> annie would get on would be getting into yeah just mm-hmm. a, what shenanigans is is little orphan annie i would assume that a it's big... funny there was never like a saturday morning cartoon <laughs> yeah you know? was there what like was there that we don't remember i don't know i don't think there was because this is again at a time when when saturday morning cartoons punky are got one punky got one yeah. Yeah, alf got one <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? they yeah you know? um and this is it's a very kind of a richie rich kind of sure. a thing that i could uh, definitely i see. think a big part of the radio show is her trying to find her parents too sure Okay. Yeah. Hey, and then we read all into it, and maybe like his grandkids liked it, and so I was sure. like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. Because you know? it's one of those things that's like, you know, uh, every everybody has to kind of say like, with kids' movies, there has to be something in it for the adults, and the the whole yeah. like Pixar thing of just like, oh, well, adults can watch it too, and we can laugh at Shrek while the kids are doing whatever. And but the, I guess I don't know. This is at a time when kids' movies didn't really have that angle. It's like this is a kids' movie. The kids like it. The adults are snoring through it. Yeah. Um, and so. The the kids did like it. The kids took to. I mean, obviously, we all have these these fond memories of of the songs and 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 everything. So maybe the adult critics were just like, "This is not the best film of the year." But it's- <laughs> which, when I revisit this movie, absolutely, yeah, I oh, totally yeah. get that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was this. You know, like again, there's Broadway musicals. There's Cats, and there's. Yeah. 
cabaret like sure. they're both successful but some were critically like was this was annie ever like a i don't know annie was yeah, never really true. high art yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 we did, did like in times you know oh uh, yeah theater critic love yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it premiered i don't yeah. know yeah. you know um and one would argue yeah there is a certain aspect of like What's in it for adults is uncomfortable. Jealousy that children have, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the children still have. There's an opportunity which we all have, but they're a lot wider when you're a child. Yeah. That you can be in a dark, dark place and it can change on the drop of a dime, and that can happen as an adult. But that also, we we know as we get older that the odds are a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's perhaps that of like it is a you know that it does inspire some cynicism or it, it touches the cynical side of people, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Um, but you know, for better, or for worse, it's just become this kind of pop cultural touchstone. That I feel we like all just... every, and every few years, there's always an annual revival either on the West end or on Broadway. Yeah. You know, Sadie Sink from stranger things. I think Did her big, I think her Annie? big break was Annie. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I just see. read that. Wasn't uh-huh. there? Wasn't there uh, after the Rob Marshall movie? Wasn't there an Annie two? Like there Annie, was Annie on the move. I th- there, yeah, there was like a, a like a but like a Disney Channel, like a direct to TV. There was like a direct to TV movie. I think there's an Annie mm-hmm. two, like Annie goes to Paris or something. But I remember <laughs> around probably the year 2000, there was a big Annie a big, revival oh. on Broadway because I remember mm. uh, the actress going on Rosie. Oh sure, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We need now like a steampunk Annie for like the new generation, you know. <laughs> steampunk animated DC Annie. Oh my god! <laughs> Annie has like an Iron Man suit or something. <laughs> but yeah, it, it has become part of like pop and culture. Kind of seeped Ooh. its way into hip hop music. Well, who, who could forget the uh, the Jay Z? Yeah. I remember first hearing this song in the 90s and just being like, well, how do you like that? How do you like that? Uh huh. (laughs) Sampling Hard Knock Life for a rap song. I love it. And clearly, this connected with all races as children. And a lot of people felt, because I remember Jay Z talking about it at the time, you know, like that exactly. Like there was a certain aspect of Annie feeling excluded that people connected to, of Annie being forgotten. You know, I think that a lot of kids, kids and specifically, you know, like black, brown, everybody mm-hmm. connected to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. Um, it's just the, the aspirational, like, you know, like you said, like you love your family and you, you know, you love your parents and all that. But every now and then you're just like, I mean, shit, would I kick these people like a, drop them like a bad habit? To go live in the- <laughs> to go live in this mansion, <laughs> or even yeah. or even you know Mr. Drummond's like upper yeah. uh, you know Central Park West, mm-hmm. like just a little. It's an apartment, Mr. Drummond's house, but that shit is like pretty, pretty. Yeah, pretty. and like why why is it this for me, and why does Richie Rich get this? Yeah, like, which is yeah. a kid you don't really like. You can't process that. You know what I mean? Like, why am I like in the burbs in Jersey, which is a great place yeah, to be. But, yeah, like, absolutely. At that age, it felt so boring and like Madeline is like in a beautiful, uh, you know, orphanage, <laughs> but in Paris. Like, you don't like, you're not thinking logically because everything's about being unique and you just feel like you're just like a dime a dozen. You know? I was yeah, always totally. very fascinated of 
kind of watching stuff like Sesame Street or any TV shows that were set in New York and what it would have been like to been in to that be, urban to jungle. be a kid in this like urban environment because it was just <laughs> something so foreign to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, yep. everybody just has these kind of like fascination with the, something that's not familiar to you. you and know? I'm sure probably for you it was growing up in the country. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The woods yeah. Like behind the school. What? No. <laughs> I have that now. No, I never had that either. <laughs> like, there's no there's no woods around us. But I was New York in LA and I would sure. write letters like to like the and like it you know, you'd write it to like CAA because it was like uh, Avenue of the Stars. Yes. I remembered like was like I loved writing that on the letter to like Shannon Doherty or whatever. <laughs> it was so stupid, you know? Fan letters. I love it. Did you write oh a fan God. letter to Shannon Doherty as a kid? Oh a million percent. I love that. I Did you get any answer back? Nine oh two and I and saved by the bell people. Oh my god, I love that. I wrote to I wrote to the Buffy offices as a kid kid and i got back a, a, a signed a sign like a it was like a photocopied signed like print of the cast oh, but yeah I, I got something sent back though that's nice mm-hmm. i love that. i never got anything i think I, I think I actually wrote to allison hannigan because C- I was the gay kid that was writing yeah, Allison Hannigan to Willow. CAA yeah. probably had your your letters went straight in the like pneumatic tube to like the Exactly. Like incinerator. <laughs> it, was, it became it was toilet paper for like yeah. the best yeah. staff. I mean, like, it's so terrible. Like, oh, got another fan letter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know it was used for <laughs> Tiffany Thiessen when she yeah. complained. Look at all these fan letters. Everybody ah. wants to be you. Get to work. <laughs> Get back from your th- your twenty minute lunch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Know your worth, <laughs> Tiffany. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what that's what ki- kids are fascinated by. Something like Annie and all of these, you know, orphan stories of just being swept away and. You know the the Princess Diaries kind of just Anastasia, like, yeah, yeah. Episode like, from December, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. But and the very idea that passively things will happen to you and change mm-hmm. your life, yeah. you know what I mean? Is but a very kind of child. Every every now and then, though, it's like like for me, like I I look at my dad, I look at my sister, I look at my you know some of my, my family, I'm just like there's no goddamn way I'm adopted. There is no goddamn way no, that there yep. is mm-hmm. some prince out there that's just like you're, my, but you're my son. I'm like, no, I am this man's twin. I am this man's exact body double. I am here to like harvest my organs when he gets older because I am his clone. So <laughs> some of us never had the uh, the opportunity to be like, but what if I <laughs> secretly, <laughs> yeah. It's brought true. here from the circus because yeah, <laughs> that 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 was my that was my uh, experience at least. <laughs> but I could always dream that one day they would all perish in a fire, and I <laughs> and an old man, an old white man, would take me. To, <laughs> What's to, it? The little princess, or what was that one? The one? Oh my gosh, I can't remember where she has that too. She's yeah, like, isn't that the Scott? I mean. I think a little princess is like that, but also the Secret Garden. Secret Garden too. Her, Secret her, Garden parent, like her parents well. die in India, and she's yeah. sent to this like English estate. I used to love the Secret Garden as a kid. That's great. The nineties movie magical. is so good. Yeah, that's magical. That's Anyetha Holland. I think yep. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and yeah. that and the in the Quran, a little princess were made. Aqua, yeah, very, very, very close princess. together too. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think that that movie is set in an orphanage too. See? Mm-hmm. See? And here, I will say this, and this is, you know, and this is where it gets so complicated in another conversation, but that movie definitely exoticized Hinduism, but oh, that yeah, made yeah. me go down a Rama and the Ramayana, Ramayana path so much that I ended up reading it oh, and wow. taking upper level Hindu classes oh, wow. in, in university because I just loved that story. The and so, Garden? like, that's yeah. where it gets, yeah. you know like complicated but mm-hmm. um it was yeah i remember that specifically from that movie as well he did it so beautifully though the raman sita story yeah. you know wow. anyway yeah i mean there's there's just something about these iconic you know movies that like we said they're they're cultural touchstones they like bring about uh, lots of different other uh and this type of story that there can be um just kind of every generation, like I mentioned before, can have an anime. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though I, all three of us didn't want, did not watch the 2014 Annie. I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that it's there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. listeners, if if you're all about Jamie Foxx and is it Kovanjane Wallace? Yeah, let us know. It's not a musical, right? I don't think it's a musical. I think I think that there might be some songs in it. Is it a hip hop? It's not. It's not Didn't a hip hop. do the music for it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I think that there's some music, but I don't think that it's like a traditional musical, though. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Cameron Diaz was it probably a smart career move to be Miss Hannigan. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> She's so rich. She doesn't yeah. have to make any career moves. You know, whatever she does is just because she just wants to have some fun and work with some buddies. Exactly. And- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I mean, any final thoughts on, on Annie before we wrap this up? I mean, we love it. Go. It's right now. It's not streaming on anything. For I feel free. like it, you it's rent always it. on TCM, but it's or off and on something. Yeah. And we, act, we had to rent this, it's which I was on. kind of shocked on. Yeah. So I know that this is one of those movies that even though I get impatient with it, when I sit down and watch it now, there is an undeniable quality about it that does send me back to being a kid. Yeah, and I think it's the, it, it's the early scenes of the movie too. Exactly. I think also because as a kid, like you watch the early scenes most, and you, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, probably yeah, yeah. weren't finishing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen the first half of Sound of Music a million times, and I've seen the whole movie three times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that thing when if you have the VHS, you start it and then you never finish it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is definitely one of those. And it's and it's front heavy for the kids. You know, like we said, I, like I said, I I I got impatient when I was like, "Where's Annie? Where are the where are the girls?" You know, so. um uh, yeah, I, I love it because of that nostalgia. So, yeah. Yeah, same, same. And I think, you know, it exists as in like five time capsules because it's like Hollywood's version of the 30s, mm-hmm. too. It's, it's you know, the eight, 1982's version of Hollywood in 1930. It's, you know, like huge muscular filmmaking that's kind of the waste of money aside, <laughs> sure. it definitely inspired some filmmakers. Yeah. I know? mean, the type of filmmaking that you really don't see a lot anymore. I mean, now when you see this type of filmmaking, it's stuff like Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Babylon, which I know is very different. I mean, did you guys see I saw it? Babylon. I saw Babylon, Christmas Eve, empty theater. I was the only one in it. Babylon is one of those movies that I think that there's a solid 70 minutes of it, but it's over three hours long. 
I mean, yeah. I have to tell you, I have, and you know, we've discussed this for many years. We're all pop culture. I love pop culture, but the pandemic changed me a little bit. <laughs> I don't, it is not life or death, Damien Chazelle. And so yeah. I'm kind of happy it failed. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. We're not all pressed up against the glass dying mm-hmm. to be you. We're living our lives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and there absolutely. was a feeling. Like, oh yeah, definitely. You know, and Annie's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, not all, that. there's not yeah. all of these, all right. there's not all of these people snorting coke <laughs> in a movie set in the 30s. That was my thing about watching Babylon. I'm just like, were this many people snorting coke? <laughs> it's like, I just assume that everybody just drank themselves to death. In the 20s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like laudanum or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like it's that or like LSD or whatever yeah, the first yeah. thing that came out. And also this feeling of like – we're done watching movies that feel like it's like the popular kids put up a camera at the house and we're yeah. not invited. Yeah. yeah. But we're all supposed to watch it on Zoom and give them like more followers. Or I'm just like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Damien will, Damien Chazelle will rebound because he's a, he's a good looking white guy in, in Hollywood. I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll get a third and a fourth mm-hmm. and a fifth chance. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. enough, yeah. enough about Damien Chazelle. Our, Brad, our favorite movie. You know what I was thinking, Brad? So I met you writing film reviews for Scream Picks. Do you remember going to the press screening of Jupiter Ascending at the Arclight? I saw that with you. You talk about another bonkers um, <laughs> way up. But you want to hear something funny? Um, I see now Lana Wachowski. She lives in Chicago oh, wow. and like okay. in Andersonville and like frequents our gay bar. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's just kind of – it's like all full circle from there. Wow. But yeah, talk about a bonkers movie. Yeah. That's another conversation of where things that's going to land, Scott, in like 20 years. Is it going to be a weird cult thing? I think so because mm-hmm. of Channing Tatum and on rollerblades. You know what I mean? For like yeah. half or oh what are God. they on? Like, oh like laser God. blades. Yeah. Anyway, another conversation. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again, Brad. This was great. This was so much fun. A movie that I've been wanting to get to for a while. So I was glad when you mentioned that in your text back of movies to talk about. So I had to jump at, I had to jump at the opportunity to talk about Annie. Well, this movie definitely made me gay, Ted. <laughs> I feel like a very specific gay little boy was into Annie, too. It's a type. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's the three Absolutely. of us. Oh, yep. boy. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Also, we'd, love right. to, we'd love to have you on again, as always. But, uh, but until then, we'll, we'll say goodbye. We'll let you go. Thank you so much, man. See you later, Brad. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, also, a big old thanks to Brad for coming on our show for this hard knock episode. But uh, yeah, Annie, guys, what a picture. What a flick. That is a movie. Like, they don't make them anymore. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. This is this was a lot of fun having old Brad back on back on the show. And um, But I think, actually, it is just about that time. Thanks for some Patreon shoutouts. We want to say a very big... Hello, and thank you so much to all of our patrons, including Dan, Frank, Ferger, Whirlyflower, Lori, Brenna, Jess Rabbit 45, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, 
Don, Joshua, and Lamelli, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rafino. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. And if you want to check out uh, what we have to offer on our Patreon, head over to www.patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. And you can see all the fun stuff we have on there. We've got lots of, we've got three tiers, uh, three options for you to, uh, for your donations. And you can check out what there is, uh, available there, including bonus episodes in the form of watch with us commentary tracks. We watch a different movie, a bonus movie every month and, uh, we record a commentary. So it's just like you're watching the movie with us. You could sync it up to the movie or you can just listen to it like a bonus episode. There are lots of fun. There's over 25 of those, I think at this point. And, um, yeah, you'll have access to all of those. There are also our monthly newsletters. There are behind-the-scenes photos. There are seasonal playlists, a bunch of really fun stuff over on Patreon. And if you don't want to uh, or can't afford to do a monthly subscription, one-month subscription works out just fine. It's a one-month donation, and for those 30 days, you'll be able to access everything at that tier. And then once it's over, boom, you're done. So easy, easy as pie. Patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. So check that out for more. We would also love it if you would uh, like and subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts or if you're on um, Spotify, give us five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and write us a review and we'll read any new reviews on upcoming episodes. So that's a lot of fun. And we love it when you write reviews. We love it when you give us those five stars. It really helps us to get seen by more people. And um, it's very helpful and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside every time we do it so thank you very much uh if you'd like to follow us on socials we are at movies that made us gay on instagram and on facebook and on twitter we are at mtmug pod if you want to follow our personals feel free my name's pete i'm at peter lasagna on instagram and twitter scott is at scott youngballer on instagram and give his letterbox a follow so thank you so much once again for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Uh, bye.